and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 of course. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I've got some stuff to talk about. This is, of course, the the show for the week of Friday, December 24th, 2022. I thought maybe I should start adding that. I don't know if I should say the day that this comes out on, so should I say for the week of Thursday, December 23rd, or if it should be Friday, because Friday is Friday, and everyone likes a Friday. <coughs> oh, God, my glory. But uh, I'm recording this way late. This is usually, I'm recording this about an hour and a half before I usually post the damn thing, so it's going to have to render and then upload, and then, oh, my God, this is just... A nightmare. It's it's been a hell of a week, and I want to get through this episode. It shouldn't be that long. I don't have that much to talk about. And when I get to the game section, you'll see that I've played some stuff, but either they didn't do much for me, or there were reasons why I just couldn't play more or enough to give a real proper opinion on any of them. But, uh, yeah. I've also been thinking about breaking the show up into separate shows that are focused on their respective sections. So a movie show, video game show, but then I'm like, that's that's a lot of extra work. I don't really want to do that. I just, I feel like this show goes on a little bit too long and I'd like to break it up. But that's more so me thinking in a YouTube mindset than a general podcasting mindset. And then I thought, should I stop putting it on YouTube? Do I break it off into chunks just for the YouTube part? I don't know. I don't know. The, the thing is, we're about to hit a new year. And a new year is always a nice, fresh start to try new things, start new things get rid of old things and replace them with new things etc and i wish this december wasn't probably the worst december of my life so that i could have maybe i don't know prepared and done some planning for some potential fun things and ways to start the new year but uh life had other plans thankfully those plans weren't as bad as they could have been, you know, so, touche, but uh, let's just get on uh, the show, starting with what I've been watching and all that jazz, so I haven't gone back to Star Trek yet, I've been thinking about it, Voyager's looking real enticing, but so is Dragon Ball, just Dragon Ball, and Yu-Gi-Oh! 2, I, 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 find all those shows to be especially Dragon Ball and now Star Trek they're very comforting they're comfort food shows for me Dragon Ball is my comfort anime and Star Trek has turned into my comfort show and I don't really know why man my throat is blah that, that's what it is it's going blah every now and again and you're just gonna have to deal with it because it is what it is baby but I have not started Voyager yet. However, I did go back and watch all of the rest of the Star Trek movies, specifically the ones with the original series cast. So two through six. 
the Wrath of Khan up until I don't know what the hell the other one. The the Final Frontier is the fifth one, I believe. I don't remember what the sixth subtitle is. I don't want to linger on them too much because I have other movies to talk about. All I'll say regarding them as a whole is that I don't think any of them are all that great. I don't think Khan or Search for Spock are all that great. And then the fourth one, the fourth one is the most interesting and enjoyable for me because it is weird. They have to go to Earth in the past. I'm assuming it was probably contemporary time at the time of the, the filming and all that. They have to go back in the past to get two blue whales or whatever kind of whales they were because some alien creature is reverberating the sound in their time and it's so powerful that it, it, it is going to destroy Earth if they don't get some whales which are extinct at that point in the future to talk back to it and be like, hey, shut the fuck up, man. You're destroying our planet. Go fucking somewhere else. So they go in the past and there's a lot of weird fish out of water situations. There's an early part where Shatner has, a, as Kirk, uh, has his own sort of Dustin Hoffman in Midnight Cowboy moment where a car is about to hit him, honks, and I think the, the driver calls him a dumbass. And then, fuck it. It's like one of the dumbest... I mean, he is a dumbass for making this comeback. But his comeback was something along the lines of, Oh, yeah? Double dumbass to you. I'm not saying that's for word for word, because it might not have been dumbass. But it was something where Kirk just was like, double this shit to you. So, that movie was at least enjoyable for its weird out there-ness, though it wasn't weird enough. So it wasn't so weird, I loved it, but it was weird and unique and different enough to be engaging and more interesting than these other movies, specifically two and three, that felt like accompaniments to the, the series, something that uh, are, are way more enjoyable if the, the series is fresh in your mind because while you don't they're not essential to the the series they and vice versa they're benefited from each other and then five and six five is the only one I would say is actively awful when it hits the third act up until then, it's whatever. And the sixth movie is... The sixth movie is so whatever that I... It being the last movie I watched of the bunch. I don't remember what happened in it. I'm trying to think. I have no idea. Also, is it the... Is it the third one? Or one of the one of them has a random Christian Slater in it in shadow, and I thought he was gonna show up again later as some mischievous baddie, but he didn't. I don't think he showed up again after that one scene. All right, cool. I, I also noticed with this 
something that's annoyed me on a much more minor level, but now we have major characters showing up in other roles. I really don't like the ancestral casting of Star Trek, where they will cast the same actor for multiple roles. And in some cases, they'll cast them in the future as a significant character. So we had Worf in, I believe, the sixth movie as a you know, prominent enough character. Uh, but worse than that is we had Cisco's father, who was an earthbound homebody, not interested in space at all, as an admirable or, or, or some real high up officer uh, in the, the, the star. What is this? It's not Star Force. Star, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. But I found that really annoying because he he has a significant enough role in the movies. He's in two or three of them. And then he's a significant character, significant enough, a significant side character in Deep Space Nine. And his character is they're they're very different from each other in terms of their mentality and their their way of thinking. So I I I, I found that annoying. But the third act of the fifth movie makes that movie go from whatever to incredibly fucking stupid. When you get the reveal and know why what's happening is happening and what the expectation is what the hope is it's just fucking i i really hated it after that point and it just kept getting dumber and dumber so there's i i, I talked about those way longer than i was expecting but in addition to the star trek movies i also finally watched sonic the hedgehog 2 which i thought was worse than the first movie and i have nothing to say about it because it's already kind of gone i the human stuff was worse. It, oh, I don't, I, I don't like Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. I'm not a fan of him. I, I think John C. Riley would have been a better choice. And there's just something about the second movie. I don't know if it's that the first movie was a pleasant enough surprise in that I wasn't uh, I don't even like the first one fucking it's just the Sonic movies are whatever they're, they're good kids movies they're not great family movies so there's that okay I watched Jurassic World Dominion which was real real bad I know it was panned more than any of the other movies, uh, at least in the world ones. I don't know. I don't know if Jurassic Park 3. I can't remember what Jurassic Park 3 scored. But the problem with Dominion is that it strips the series of any hint of fun. Say what you will about any of the other movies, the other world movies, the Jurassic Park trilogy. They all are fun to varying degrees. There is no fun in Dominion. 
even moments that I would assume are supposed to be taken as fun, especially the ending, uh, the, the climactic battle between the T-Rex and then the new birdie giant raptor thing and the other apex bigger than a T-Rex where the, in this fight the T-Rex and the, the feathery raptor thing team up and kill it. I, it was just so dull and boring and unexciting. There are a lot of dinosaurs in the movie yet they somehow feel like an afterthought. They they feel like they're just there but not in a good way because a good chunk of Dominion is, well, dinosaurs are, are back and they've escaped in the wild and they're just part of life now. They're just part of nature like they used to be because of, you know, us doing stupid shit and, and them escaping and animal rights and all that jazz. So it, it makes sense for them to just kind of be there. But even then... There still should be something exciting. Mean, there's fucking dinosaurs in the world. But so much of the story is revolving around the DNA of the clone girl who wasn't a clone now. I. It just was a long, long drag of a movie that was fun 0% of the time and just kind of bummed me out. Then I watched Top Gun Maverick. Very good. Very good. Very pleasantly surprised by it. As someone who's not a huge fan of the first movie, I think if you turn off your brain for certain parts of the first movie, it's enjoyable enough. And I can enjoy it a little bit more just because my father loves it so much. My father loves airplanes, but he loves that movie. So that adds something for me. That's something to share with my father. But it, it was it was pretty good. Pretty good. I don't understand the best movie of the year talk or anywhere in that space. It's a fine movie. It's a well-made movie, but no way in hell would I put it up there. It was in it was enjoyable. It's a solid little movie that I don't think you need. You'll get a little something extra if you have experience with the first movie, but you don't need to have watched it or know much of anything about it to enjoy Maverick. Because anytime they also hint on or are, are referring to something in the past, they'll usually do a flashback. So you, you, you really are fine watching it uh, fresh to the series. Then the last movie I watched is Morbius. Oh, I watched Black Adam. Just remember that. Black Adam, real, real bad. Also, surprisingly joyless the rock is such a charming actor and personality in general he's larger than life he's so often really fun and fun to watch and for whatever reason they decided to go in the direction of hey rock why don't you just be nothing have no personality and and be the fucking worst version of yourself be Vin Diesel in the fast movies be this super serious 
miserable fuck. And that's what we did, and it fucking sucked. The only good thing about that movie, some of the action sequences looked alright, but there are some good bits in the soundtrack, but that doesn't make a movie. But Morbius, Morbius. I don't know if it's because it got so horribly panned and was destroyed by so many people and called horrible. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a perfectly fine and watchable movie. It's not great, but of the recent superhero movies I've watched, both on the Marvel and DC side, it was way more watchable than a good chunk of them. And as much as I don't like Jared Leto, he wasn't the worst part of the movie. He's fine. There are plenty of actors who could have done a better job in, in that particular role. But the character who stood out the most as being a worthless piece of garbage and ruined any moment they were on screen was the cop's partner, Tyrese's partner, who was often a little side character in movies or shows, usually the the partner of some other character who's supposed to be... He's not funny. I'm trying to think if there were any times where I thought he was funny in other movies, but he's not funny here. He's the least believable cop I've ever seen, or at least in a long fucking time, and he's just horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I wish they killed him off. But that is it in terms of what I've been watching. So let's get on to what I've been playing. We're going to start with The Beast Inside. This is a first-person horror game that is inspired heavily by recent stuff like the Resident Evil games. And like it wears its inspiration on its sleeve, and there's no hiding that. But I didn't get to play much of it because I'm playing on the Xbox Series X. And after the opening cinematic where you are in the the feet the body of the killer or whatever and you 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 don't have any control but you see yourself stabbing this already severed head and then taking the axe to the dead dude's wife they don't show though they cut it black it it transitions to one week earlier which is very, very reminiscent of some other game I played. And I can't remember what it's called. But it, it had a very similar thing where you're then driving up to... In this case, you're driving up to a small home that your parents left you. And when you get there, your girlfriend goes in to take a shower. You have to take in the boxes and put them up in the attic. It first just tells you to take them upstairs, put them on a table, but then it eventually will tell you to actually put them up in the attic. To get to the attic, you have to pull down the thing, but it's too high, so you have to get a stick and you gotta pull it down. I was able to do that. Then you go up the little ladder after you click it and it lowers itself. You go up the ladder. Oh, there's a lock on there. You need to get the key. Where's the key? Hmm. Probably in the house. Maybe it's in the car, but let me just check the house. So I went around the entire house. I went around the whole house, opening every drawer. Nothing was there. Like, yeah, it probably was in the car because why wouldn't you? Why would the keys be in the house? Like, why would you not have them with you? 
why would you have to search the house? So I went to the car and the whole time I was thinking to myself, I probably should have done this first. I'm going to feel real dumb when I go there and the keys are there. I went to the car. I opened the passenger side. Nothing there. Trunk's locked. Okay, well, I'll, I'll open the trunk. I'll, I'll just go to the, the, the side of the car or the driver's side and, and there will probably be a button there. There's a very evident button there. I tried to push it. I put my cursor over it a whole bunch of times. I crouched. I tried to find any kind of position that would allow me to interact with that button. It wouldn't. So I just figured, okay, I guess that, that I guess I'm not able to, to open the trunk that way. So then I decided to explore the environment around my house, hoping to find a key or something that will progress the story. Nothing, absolutely nothing. So then I did what anyone would in such a situation, which was very frustrating to have to do it so early in the game because this was literally the fucking beginning. I've been playing the game for 20 minutes. 15 of those minutes just trying to find this fucking key. And the solution was to go into the trunk and get the key there. And how you open the trunk is there's a button on the driver's side of the car. It's the button I thought that I needed to push. But for whatever reason, I couldn't push it. So I reloaded the checkpoint, hoping that maybe it'll reset after that. All right? Nothing. Okay. Let me delete and reinstall the game. Did that? Nothing. Still can't press the fucking button. All right. Maybe I just need to start a whole brand new game. Thankfully, I can skip the opening cutscenes and everything, and I could get to this point pretty quickly. Let's do that. Started a new game. Did all of a few steps I needed to do. I figured I should probably just do things in order in case that is like I went, I went step by step according to the guide. So I wanted to make sure I didn't try to open the trunk too early. And I just went in, you know, did the box, opened the thing, pulled down the, the steps, got to that point, And I was like, okay, I did everything the fucking guide told me to do step by step by step. I did it perfectly and exactly so now that fucking button's gonna be interactable, right? I'm gonna be able to press it. Went to the button, nothing. So this isn't a, a comment on the game's quality or whether or not it's a good game, a bad game, a game you should pick up. Well, except for that last point. As of right now, I would say on the Xbox at the very least, don't, if, if the beast inside is something that you're looking at and you're curious about and maybe you, you want to check it out, don't. And it's not because it's a bad game. It's because it's currently a broken game. I can't fucking play anymore this game. I can't progress. I, I can't. It's, it's mind-blowing to me that it's broken that early on. And there's no way I'm the only person who's experiencing this. But it, it, it gives me pause and concern about playing it even after this is fixed because for there to be such a glaring bug right away, how, how, how is there not going to be another situation where this happens? It has me very, very concerned. But that is my experience with the, the beast inside. Very little, so I can't, I can't really say anything about it. Then we've got Jitsu Squad. 
Jitsu Squad is a beat em up that is 90s inspired. It, it's so fucking 90s ish. It has a very 90s ish Saturday morning cartoon type of art style. It, I don't know how many people listening, I, 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 I tend to skew. Or not, I may not skew, but I have a fairly decent size older audience. So I'm sure this comparison will be something that people, uh, a, good, a, a good chunk of y'all know what I'm talking about, know the game. And I think it's been brought up here or there in other video games, uh, reference and whatnot. But the first game that came to mind from a or for a visual comparison is Boogerman, in both the visuals themselves and the kind of tone the game has going for it, which I'm not overly fond of. I found it amusing as a kid, and I find Boogerman still enjoyable today because it was one of the first games I ever got from my Sega Genesis, and so I play the hell out of it, and I have a a, a fondness for it. But I don't really like the art in Jitsu Squad. But, uh, you know, that's unfortunate, but not important. The real problem with Jitsu Squad, though, is that it is incredibly easy and boring, despite feeling really good. One of the weirdest things about the game is that, and I'm playing on the default difficulty. I just went bam, 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 bam. You know, when I when I started my campaign i just went with all the default settings and the thing about it that's different from a lot of beat-em-ups is that they will throw a lot of enemies on screen there are times where there are maybe a dozen enemies on screen at one time but they more often than not like to just roam around the screen instead of attacking you even if you just put the controller down and don't attack them and just let them have their way with you. Because I, I wanted to do that when I started a brand new section and had zero continues left. Because I didn't want to have to start over if I died, if I lost that last life. And I just wanted to reset my continues. So I, I put the controller down and let the eight enemies kill me but they wouldn't attack me. I let it there for a minute or two. And no one attacked me. They just kept roaming around avoiding me. They're just like, what the hell was going on? And that is how a lot of the enemy AI behaves. And it's weird. It is super weird because I could see them employing a type of old school martial arts system where the majority of enemies don't attack you and they just surround you and, and uh, walk around you while one person fights you so there's always one person who's coming at you instead of them all coming at you a group like it would make sense but that's not even what happens they just fucking they avoid you they're just like oh we're here we're hanging out buddies and it, it sucks because 
if the game was more challenging, I, I, one, I wish they didn't throw so much at you because it, it gets very cluttered. It gets very messy on screen. It gets hard to, to see what the hell is going on. If you were playing this in co-op, I think it would be even more of a nightmare to really comprehend what's happening on screen. But it's unfortunate because mechanically, I really like it. It gives you more things to do than just button mashing. So you can button mash, yes. And it, it, the ease of the game and the ease of enemies in general would make it a decent game for playing with kids. And because of the 90s aesthetic and colorful art style, I think it's something that would be appealing to them as well. Some of the characters remind me of Tiny Toons. Uh, but the, like, the, the, the controls I like when you are, are, are attacking with your base attack you could just mash again like I said but if you time it so when you are doing your attacks and you leave a sort of yellow trail if you, if you delay your next attack when the trail is at like its peak then you will initiate a, an extra powerful combo and you can continue this through to a, a very strong, powerful combo. And it's satisfying because it gives you, it, it adds a, a, a minor layer of depth to the combat. It adds an extra layer that requires you to be a, a bit more active in the gameplay and to be thinking and and paying more attention to it than just like mindlessly button mashing you have to focus to the uh, focus on the screen and what's happening on the screen then you're you're given additional moves and movesets uh hadouken type of attack where you do the the order turn and the attack and you'll do a, a swipe that pushes out a beam of energy essentially from your sword that's satisfying I, i'm playing as the main character the the, the default character uh you have a, a attack to the juggle enemies or attack enemies that are in the sky you have a parry which is very generous and it has to be generous because the animation for parrying it lasts and it's not a long animation it's just you go into your parry mode and then it just sits there for a little over a second, which may not sound like a long time, but if you time it, it, it's only about a second, but it feels like five seconds and you are vulnerable in that state. You can't cancel out of it or anything of the sort. So the parent system has to be very, very generous. And so when an enemy is attacking you, it's very easy to parry them. And for most of them, their attacks, which are parryable, are very clear. Some enemies are harder to see when the screen is especially full of enemies. It can be hard to say what is going on if somebody's attacking, since they do like to just roam around. You don't even know if someone's attacking. So the, there are many instances where I would go to parry and then I'd just be parrying nothing because nothing would be actually attacking me, which is a little annoying. But the the game's mechanics, which feel good and, and as, as fun as it is to play the game from a pure mechanical standpoint, the shitty dumb AI 
makes it significantly less enjoyable. And then when you get to the boss fights, those are just annoying cheap fests. The bosses feel incredibly cheap. They're not too difficult, but you'll likely lose a life or two during the fight. And it's just... Yeah. The, the story is whatever. It's not funny. It's trying to be funny. It relies on referential humor a lot. And it, it doesn't work all that much. There's, there's some voice acting in it here and there, usually at the end of levels or in complete sections, which can be kind of grating, uh, some of the characters. You also have a, a special move set. So you're building it up as you're doing uh, successful combos and whatnot, which you can use that, that, that powered up meter to either do a on-screen super attack that'll attack everything or turn yourself into a super powered version of yourself, which I don't like because you end up, at least with the character I was playing as, you slide around a lot and end up wasting time attacking nothing because you're sliding past enemies when I just, I don't want to, I don't like the way they play. The, the super powered up version of you. So I, I prefer the the on-screen attack. But it, it's it's okay. It, it's it's also very, very short. It's very, very short. I don't even I don't think I think that the campaign is more than an hour but less than two. And I, I, I don't remember for sure. But it's not long, and that's all there is to the game. You, you have a training mode outside of that. You don't even have an arcade mode. So th there's not that much there or much replayability there. I, I wouldn't have much desire to replay this game. So $30, too, is, it's a lot, especially when you have other beat-em-ups out there to pick from, whether it's ones that are a few years old like Streets of Rage 4 or the Ninja Turtles game what is the subtitle of that Shredder's Revenge River City Girls 2 yes it's got it's performance issues which I'm sure will be fixed and then you'll have that as an option as well so there there are a decent selection of beat-em-ups out there not to mention the Cowbunga collection which has a few beat-em-ups in it that 30 bucks for Jitsu Squad is a bit much. $15 on sale, $20 maybe, but $15, if you're a fan of beat-em-ups, I'd say it's, it's worth checking out. But uh, yeah, that's Jitsu Squad. Last two, I've got our Bot Gaiden and Until the Last Plane. Bot Gaiden is a Ninja Gaiden, Mega Man type of uh, action platformer. But as tight as the controls are, it feels relatively good to control your, your little dude. And the way it works is that you'll, as you're progressing through a level, you'll collect power-ups. And these will make you more powerful. They'll give you a shuriken type of ranged attack, a double jump, a... I think maybe a dash but you'll be gaining these as you gain power-ups without taking damage and then every time you take damage when you're hit 
you'll lose one of these power-ups. So there's this push-pull thing that, that is very classic, uh, very, very uh, in line with what you see in certain classic games where if you if you manage to stay powered up, you'll, you'll be, or if you manage to stay full life, you'll be extra powered. The problem for me with the game and I would implore anyone interested in this because it, it, these these two games are East Asia Soft games, East Asia Soft Limited, which I find usually puts out decent decent games. These two are some of their weaker offerings, but this one more so because for me, there is a huge disconnect between the character you're controlling and the world you are traversing and, and playing in. And, and it's somewhat true of the enemies that are existing in it too, where they don't feel like they fit either. But it's more so for your character because the characters, while I like the design, I like the art. It's very colorful. It's very simple. It, 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 it falls somewhat in line with that whole 90s aesthetic too. But every character and the environment, everything has a very thick stroke to it, a thick outline. But your character, they, they have this thick outline and then they have an additional thick outer glow type of outline that makes it so that you really do not feel like you are in this place. You feel like some composite over everything. And it, 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 provided, it provided me with this weird disconnect where I just never felt like I was actually in the levels that I was playing in. So being able, uh, I was able to tell that, okay, I'm on the ground here or I'm on the wall, I'm attached to the wall and I'm climbing the ladder, but it, it, it felt off. And some of the animations are really shitty. You're cl when you're climbing up the ladder, it's just like, it feels like there are just all these little missing pieces. So that, that is unfortunate, but I, I would implore anyone interested potentially in a game of that ilk, you know, old school Mega Man Ninja Gaiden type of game to watch a video and see if the art style, the aesthetic turns you off as, as strongly as it did for me. The, the, the real worst game of, of, of what I played for this episode uh, this past week is Until the Last Plane. This is one incredibly ugly. I hate the art. It's eight bit ish, I guess. And I, I thought the game was going to be a shmup in the vein of stuff like 1942 and what have you. Um, that's what it's called, right? 1942, it's not 1943. That's the battlefield. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, though. And there, there may be a part of it that has some of that. But it's more of a management game where you're managing this airfield and then sending planes on recon missions or fueling missions and you'll send them off. You'll you'll deploy them. Then they'll be out in the field and you can go to them or not. There's just there's there's so much weirdness going on. I don't think the tutorial does a great job of really explaining everything and I don't know who this game is for 
I want to say, I I don't think it is a bad game. I just think it is a, a game made with passion. I, I feel the passion from the developer of the game that this is something they wanted to make, something that interests them. But it seems like this might be a case of an artist making something for themselves and forgetting to think about potential audiences. Because as much as you don't want to specifically or, or, or sacrifice your creative desires in order to please an audience, you can't go so far extreme in your ways either. You have to find a nice balance if you want to find success, if you want to find an audience. And when I played what I played up until the last play, I, I, I just, I have no idea what to make of this. I don't know who it's for. I don't know who would want to. It just is a game that I booted up. I thought it was going to be one thing. It wasn't. I said, okay, let's let's roll with it. And almost immediately, I just fucking I I didn't know what the hell I was doing or why I was doing this. It, it just was unfortunate, 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 unfortunate. But fortunately for you, that is going to do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. I thought with the the fucking way I kind of went longer on the Star Trek movie talk in the beginning that this was going to end up going super long and I was going to regret it but it still managed to be short and you know hopefully I can get it out relatively fast you know uh, upload it and render it and all that jazz the, the fact that it's shorter will help in that in that regard but uh yeah yeah I don't, I don't really have anything to say in, in terms of you know the, the ending of the show and whatnot you know I, I hope to start streaming a bit more here and there. I've finished some stuff that was really being a time consumption or thing in uh, my real life. So I, I'm going to have more free time for some other things. It, we'll talk about it next episode or whatever. You know, the next year, it's, it's, it's fucking it's the end of the year. It's Christmas. People are fucking... I was at the supermarket today just to get a bag of apples and strawberries because I saw the strawberries on sale. The line was fucking like 30 people deep. And it was just one line that would then, con like, I had, a, I waited there for like 20 minutes. I'm tied up. I don't want to wait any longer to end this show. So that'll do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage show once again i'm marcus nez y'all can find me on pretty much everywhere at px sausage i was like i i didn't need to say the on that's where i got caught up because i was like no twitter but i'm on twitter and i i tweeted one tweet and then i i don't think i followed it up with anything but uh yeah you can find me pretty much everywhere at px sausage if you'd like to find all my links of import and what have you, you can go over to pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS to get them there. So uh, do that. Get excited. Get hyped. Um, yeah. And if you enjoy this year's show or any of the stuff I do, I just put up a brand new episode of Attack the Backlog. This is the one for Payback, which is maybe my most... 
Ah, I really, really like this episode. And I implore anyone who only listens to the audio version of Pat the Backlog to watch that video in particular because I put a lot of love and effort in it. I think it came out so well. It is, I think, the most fun episode, especially to watch. I had a lot of fun putting it together. I... I'm just really, really happy with that episode. So I figured that would be a good episode to end the year on with one that I'm really, really proud of and happy with. And is the kind of, that is the kind of episode I would like to be able to put out every other week with, you know, the regular schedule. I'm just, I'm really, really happy with that episode. So if you haven't already, give it a listen. But even if you have given it a listen, maybe give it a watch too. And I'd give it a thumbs up as well while you're there. But if you do enjoy this here show or whatever, any of the shows, etc., like I just said, you can uh, support me and my nonsense over at patreon.com slash PXS. Holy shit, Patreon questions. Oh, my God. Holy fuck. <laughs> Let's just, I'm going I'm to bust them out real quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm going to real, I'm going to shit all over your questions. I'm going to, I don't want, I don't want to not do them, but. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on them. And I, I remember what they were. And she asked me if I could have any kind of uh, if if I could have the RE2 remake for any game. What would it be? My immediate thought. There's probably other ones I could think of, but my immediate thought was Jade Empire because I loved Bioware going into that setting. It's a setting we don't see that often, and I really liked. I really liked that game. It was my favorite Bioware for a long time. But when I went back, the combat is not it does not hold up all that well so that's that's a a bit of a a, a no 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 so I, I would love that one and then fucking lunchbox asking for the top 10 animal sidekicks and entertainment holy shit dude i forgot you have one in 10 of them and they had to be animals and not just non-humans i have no idea i'm thinking about it now I don't even know, like what what animal? I'd have to Google what animal sidekicks exist because the only one I can think of is fucking the dog from K9 with John Belushi, not John Bel Jim Belushi. I don't fucking like that movie. Animal sidekicks. I'm googling right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> animal sidekicks. Donkey. <laughs> Dory. Uh, the Mulan. Lago. Abu. Gro Gromit. Gromit's pretty fucking good. Uh, they're all see they're all animal sidekicks from other with other animals I don't want those no I, I will I'll, I'll, I'll answer that question next episode Lunchbox I'm sorry I can't even fucking give you a bullshit answer here so uh yeah if, if you if you want to have me not answer your questions like I did this episode that's one of the benefits you get if you join the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash PXS, which is how you can support me and my nonsense if you enjoy this, this fucking shit that I do. Uh, so, yeah. You go there and you can be like, hey, Mark, what's this one stuff? So please answer. And I'll be like, oh, okay. And then I won't like to... to, to I, I'm better at it usually most of the time. I just, you know, my mind's all over the place. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Again, pixelatedsausage.pxs. <laughs> pixelatedsausage.com slash pxs for all the links. 
that you will ever, ever need. And if you want to support me and my nonsense, et cetera, patreon.com slash PXS. So that'll do it. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. And for now, adios. Arifa Derchi. Uh, Merry Christmas if you celebrate. If you don't, you know, uh, happy holidays in general. If you don't have any holidays to celebrate, you can just have a, have a good time. Enjoy the rest of your year. I think there's, there's still going to be an episode, one more before the year's over. But, you know, for now, just have a, have a good time. Be safe. If you're in cold places like me, stay, stay warm. Uh, and, yeah, just thank you. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being awesome, everyone. Um, it's, been, it's been a tough, it's been a tough month. Uh, but yeah, for now, adios, arrivederci, bye. It's go time. It's go time.